I, I, I did it. Um, you know, I went and I yeah. cut my salary by 30%. Um, and that was really empowering. And I, I really, really enjoyed wow. doing that and then coming through. Um, and then the, uh, the apocalypse happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, Even um, though I knew that part of the story was coming, I was still like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Welcome to episode 12 of Same Shit, Different Brain with me, Rebecca Ryder. And thank you for listening. I hope you've had a good fortnight. I have been a real jammy sod and gone to Mallorca, got back before they went back on the amber list. And I won't deny it, it was absolutely great. I forgot how good you can actually feel. It's been that long since I had a holiday. It just made me think about how much we've got used to sort of being in a state of strain, I guess, over the last 16 months, whatever it's been. And yeah it's a luxury to have a holiday this day and age but we all need a break and the difference that it made to my mindset really shocked me and I thought why do I feel strangely guilty about this and it took me a couple of days to settle into it and think for god's sake that you've spent money getting here you've earned this you have every right to spend your time however you like I think we've just got used to so much judgment now as well about what other people do and how they move around and what what how they decide to interpret the rules and everything that you can really feel pressure to sort of be doing the right thing all the time but you know as long as people are not being stupid then you can basically do whatever you want and it reminded me of one of fern cotton's podcasts i listened to recently she was talking to this danish writer mike viking viking who's from the happiness research institute in copenhagen and they were talking about how what feels good feels morally wrong a lot of the time to people and the reason for that is because ancestrally we thought that to be happy in the afterlife you have to strive and suffer in your current life which is just crazy so this is where Huga comes from the coziness of the soul as they call it where they build happiness into everyday life basically however that may be they do it with candles and blankets and cake which sounds a pretty good way to go but yeah I think that it's just really nice now that everyone is able to get some kind of release from all the strain and pressure of the whole pandemic and finally getting to have a bit of freedom again and although we are at so-called freedom day it's a really weird time because none of us are quite sure how the hell this is going to play out and what's going to happen next and you can already see that the government is starting to backtrack on some of the things they've allowed us to do which they can see are probably going to impact the figures and then they'll put out these little statements to wash their hands of it and yeah they can just piss off but anyway this week i had lewis woodward on the show I used to work with him at our old agency and it was really good to catch up with him. I um, put out a call on Instagram for more men to come on the podcast because I know we've had all women since Stu in episode one. So I was really pleased when Lewis got in touch to say he'd love to come on and talk about mental health and what it means to him and how he's been coping throughout the pandemic. He raised some really valid subjects around male mental health, living alone in a pandemic, coping with the stress of redundancy and furlough and changing jobs in a pandemic. And we also touched on going after your dreams and your passions, which was a really nice thing to discuss. I hope you enjoy listening to it and I hope it has something of use for you.
I just got the recording notification. Oh. Just give me a bit of a surprise. <laughs> yeah, I'm just um to do with write your playwriting. Yes, yeah. So um I storyboard everything and it all goes on the board. Um and I spend more time probably arranging everything than actually doing anything. But yeah, it's good. <laughs> well, I guess once you've got all that bit together, it's just then getting in the flow. Ideally, I guess that's there. Yeah, and it's the difficult bit. Yeah, yeah. So you're still doing that, like, because I remember you were doing it, you used to do it, like, seven till nine every evening or something. You had, like, a set structure. Oh, God, yeah, I did. Um, That was (laughs) (laughs) pre-pandemic. Yeah. (laughs) That was uh, when, yeah, when the world was, like, turning differently. Um, Yeah, not so much recently. Um, Actually, I mean, I've not really written that much this year at all, really. Ah, Um, I don't blame you. It's... uh, yeah, there's been uh, <laughs> quite a bit going on. Um, yeah. Where do you work now then? Um, so I um, I went back to JC Deco in the end. Um, oh, yeah. And then I was on furlough for 13 months. Um, and then they made me redundant. Yeah. And now I'm at the Hook Group. Right, okay. I'll get on to the first question. And cool. how's your day going today? Um, it's been all right, actually. I think um, I um, last night went to see um, Midsummer Night's Dream at um, Home Ground. Oh, um, yeah. So that was sort of my. Yeah. yeah um, so that was sort of the first step back into normality, sort of seeing piece of live theatre with people and actors on stage. Yeah. Um, so that sort of set me up today to like start the day and be a bit more. Um, this feels a bit more normal. Um, and then work was. All right, I had a decent meeting. Um, so yeah, it's actually a it's a good day today. That's good. I went back to the theatre for the first time a couple of weeks ago. It just felt so nice. It was it was at Hope Mill, so we had the partitions up. Um, okay. My friend was appearing in something. She was so good. Um, meet me before dawn. Um, she's called Helen. Oh, yeah. She was amazing. It was it was really really emotional. Actually, it was. This sounds bad because it was so good, but I think I was quite relieved when it was finished because I just couldn't stop crying. I mean, credit to them. It was like absolutely beautifully written. Both of the, it was just two girls, um, both leads, and they were both amazing. But yeah, it was just so nice. I was really looking forward to getting back into the theatre. Yeah, it's one of those, like, as well, because... Um... We, we, I was discussing with some of my um, friends that I make theatre with and um, we we're talking about, you know, what sort of shows do you put on first first steps back? And yeah. it's like, you've got, to, we were sort of saying you don't want anything too depressing because you don't want to be stepping into that world and sort of being pulled back down. Um, so I think that's when we decided, um, went to see um, Midsummer Night's Dream, you know, it's a comedy. So they've obviously scheduled a lot of, light-hearted entertainment and things to to give a sort of a sigh of relief I guess yeah yeah well this one to be fair to them that I went to see I think they were supposed to do it a couple of years ago and it got um postponed and then obviously couldn't do it last year so maybe they wouldn't have put such a heavy one on if they knew it was going to be post-pandemic but um I don't know maybe it's like therapy for everyone as well because it was was quite heavily focused around grief so you could just like sense in the room like it just yeah kind of cathartic for 
a lot of people, I think. It got rave reviews, so they definitely... Big sort of yeah. collective cry. Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> it all out. <laughs> <laughs> it's good sometimes. Uh, yeah, it was funny because I thought I was going to leave actually feeling really sort of down for the night, but I felt so kind of energised, probably because I was just, I just really enjoyed the experience of being back there, but having got all that out, it was... Yeah, it's definitely like some kind of counselling or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so, good. <laughs> um, so what are the things for you that impact your mental health the most? Um, yeah, so I was thinking about this um, question and I had sort of two very different answers, um, <laughs> which were sort of almost equally important. And I think... Um, the reason that I had, um, I'm just looking at what I sort of noted down. Um, I, I, I personally believe that like everything is sort of in terms of mental health um, is really good at the moment. And, you know, everything that people are talking about, um, you know, you're doing this podcast and companies are really um, coming on board with it. Yeah. Um, but I still think that there's um, in, in some cases, there's a long way to go mm-hmm. um, and sort of destigmatizing it. And so I think the the two different things for me is that I guess the first one would be um, work. I think I think work pressures and um, just just everything to do with work, money, time, energy, um, managers, bosses, pressures, clients, everything like that can yeah. can really um, impact you. Um, and then the the second one um, would be you know nothing at all is that sometimes you know I think it's important to realize that um there isn't a cause that there isn't um you know there there isn't something that necessarily causes it you can just be having a really sort of low day and I think that is one of the the, the sort of the, the gaps where we are at the moment in terms of um mental health can be great but there's always got to be a cause or you know there's a lot of the companies are working on um putting in coping mechanisms and things like that which is is really good when there is a cause you know um but but when you are just having those bad days i mean it's when somebody turns around and says um just as an example it's like oh why are you depressed you know you've got a great life you've got um you've got all of this you've got a great job you know that's that's what depression is it's like it's when everything's going right but you don't feel it whereas if you're depressed because something's going badly then you know you're within every right to do that um so yeah I think they're the two sort of areas for me yeah I know what you mean um I mean I guess for a lot of people the the work related pressures just probably have got so much more intense over the pandemic like it it totally depends what jobs people are in or like how much they've had on the plate or whether they've stayed in employment or whatever but I think being at home all the time it kind of it just feels like your life is just based around work doesn't it and I definitely went through a phase where I was like I just feel like I live to work especially like in winter like probably like the latter months of last year we were going back into lockdown and I was like (laughs) there's just nothing else going on um and I think it obviously work-related pressures usually you would do things to obviously everyone talks about like distracting pre-pandemic distracting distracting having a lot of time yourself but it's not always a bad thing to go and be able to have 
a release, well, it's not a bad thing at all, you know, as long as you're not running away from your own mind constantly. Um, but yeah, again, the, like you said, there's not there's not always a reason for it either. And that can be really frustrating for people when they're right in the thick of it and they've not necessarily come to the point yet where they even know what they might have or they understand how this human brain can work or that, you know, mental health doesn't discriminate. That can be really, really traumatic for someone and when they just want to get to the bottom of it or they're being asked, you know, what's wrong with you? Um, yeah, I and I, I think that's that's one of the things for me, obviously, as a, a writer, I think sort of language is really important. Yeah. Um, and I think we've we've gone a long way in sort of destigmatizing mental health um and that cat but that covers two categories that covers almost mental wellness and yeah. mental illness yeah. and when a lot of people sort of compare um mental health to your per- your physical health um and the thing is, is when we've got a, a cold or you know we've got the flu or you know we've got covid or you know something more serious um yeah. cancer you don't say you're in bad health you don't you say that you're ill um yeah and I think that the problem with using the umbrella term of mental health to describe both of them is it means that you can sometimes treat mental illness the same way that you treat mental well-being um yeah and I guess the example would be is you know you wouldn't give somebody who's broken the leg like vitamins and be like you know great (laughs) some vitamins um especially in sort of a workplace there's the temptation that everything can be solved using these nice, um, you know, doing some yoga or doing some breathing and things, and they can really help your mental well-being and they can help you deal with stress in the workplace. Mm-hmm. But if there's that mental illness, you know, you wouldn't force somebody with a broken leg to stand up for nine hours a day. No. Um, and, and so that's where I think there's that little bit further to go. And I think that's what, I, I always try and say to people is that sometimes it's not there isn't a reason there isn't a, a solution that's like just as simple as um doing some breathing or you know eating a little bit more healthily that you, you know there's something more serious and you've got to get help and I think that's where some companies need to strive to do a little bit more yeah and encourage people to seek a diagnosis if it's just not going away um absolutely I mean you can you can do that anytime you know you don't have to wait if, if you a doctor would know straight away whether you have a condition or, or maybe not straight away it might take a while to ascertain exactly what it is that someone might have but some people yeah they, they need that more structured professional support and it's not something that a few self-help tips are going to help and I think I know what you mean, like you can almost destigmatize it too much where it it's like, oh, we all can suffer with mental health. It's like, yeah, but some people really do suffer more than others. Yeah. And some people, um, you know, they might need to be in hospital, they might need to be in medication and there's no shame in that at all. But it's encouraging that other side of it is it starts with don't be ashamed to like bother your doctor or however i mean it probably starts with the gp getting a diagnosis but yeah, yeah. There's, there's still a way yeah, to we, we do all have mental health and you know we all deal with stress and that's where i think you know it's it's great that we're putting things in place and we're talking about it and you know if we're overwhelmed or something like that that's that's really really strong um 
the danger is that you then start when you're talking about those things is you can devalue I guess it's you know yeah. you can sort of bring down the urgency and the importance yeah. sometimes because especially where um so one of the um I responded to your Instagram story which was talking about you know men um coming on the podcast because you've had a lot of um, a lot of women come on yeah um, and, and not a lot of men and obviously suicide is the big biggest killer of young men yeah um which is really bad and for men to talk about things if they're you know the way that they're feeling is just put down to um it is down to mental health but you know they're just thinking oh well I need to you know do some breathing or do some yoga or something that that that's where I think there needs to be a little bit more work and you know get help and you know sometimes the um the the work that's been done is great I'm just repeating myself now but um yeah I think it is important that when you're concerned is that you know it's, it's not just doing um the little tips and tricks that are put onto your work intranet or whatever um and you know you say about going to the doctors but you don't need to go to a doctors anymore you can self-refer um so you know you don't actually have to do that initial bit of going to the doctors or pestering them is you can um go online search sort self-referral um for, for mental health issues yeah, um fill in the forms online and just do it that way um yeah. and then you, you know you're, you're removing part of the obstacles and part of the barriers um to hopefully helping yourself definitely yeah I think the pandemic has that's something that the pandemic is able to really speed up like digital health and um like tech in health it's helping a lot more people I think to get the support that they need obviously there is still a long way to go but um yeah definitely I heard just a stat recently about um men like seeking help for mental health and they're more likely to seek support if um it's talked about as more of like a medical thing so like if it's something that um they think oh I'll just need to see a doctor or contact you know a medical professional for to fix it that appeals to them more I think maybe it's because they're less inclined towards like the self-help or like wellness side or spiritual side I don't know even though spiritual side doesn't fix a lot of it but yeah it's it would definitely help to just encourage more men to do that I think and I I definitely hope more men come on the podcast as well yeah yeah, I think that's really important, isn't it? Is that it's really interesting actually that statistic that um, it, it's got to be something fixable rather than it being sort of like the, the wishy washy well being stuff. Yeah, um, and you know it just that sort of goes back to it is that the stigmatization has been mental health um, rather than well being and and illness, and actually they are two very very different things that. Um, can affect people for various different reasons and times and um, I just hope that it, 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 like you say more men get involved and and start helping themselves yeah me too fingers crossed if like one good thing can come of all this then hopefully um, it'll just keep increasing the conversation where it's needed definitely so what would you tell other people when they're going through these sorts of issues? Um, 
I guess the first one would be go and get help. Um, yeah. I think, you know, if if you are finding that it's not just um, a cause, it's not just like that work issues, if there's not just, you know, um, you know, the way that I describe it is that everybody's expected to be depressed if a relative, you know, grandmother or grandparent dies, like that's completely understandable. Mm-hmm. Um if that if you find that that's sort of going on for several months afterwards then you know that's when it, it it's more difficult and you know yourself when it's a um it's just a, a sort of a blip you know you've had a really bad day at work um i'm feeling bad so but it, i know it's temporary whereas when it's sort of stretching out um you know do go and get help and and, and self-refer yeah. um i think the other things i'd say um is um, go to sleep <laughs> I just find if yeah. I'm having a bad day you know just go to sleep <laughs> and it, it's uh, one, yeah. tiredness and sort of being um, tired and being in your head can be um, really difficult so um, sometimes you just 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 give up on the day and just just go to sleep and then tomorrow is a, a different day um, I mean that's coming from me because I don't really have any issues sleeping thankfully um but I know that some people will have issues sleeping um and that might not be a a, a, a fix I guess the other one sort of thinking back to um work is you know I went through um I went back to a company I um was there for three months was put onto furlough for 13 months and then when well and then during that process I was went through a, a four-month redundancy process um and I think what that yeah it literally we found out on the 7th of January that they were making redundancies um and then I didn't and then it was sort of like is it isn't it happening and then it was finally drawn finally confirmed yeah that um I was being made redundant on like the 20th of April so like nearly nearly four months um it's been draining I think yeah yeah and that's one of the things that's why I've not really done much writing um this year it's just because my focus was on that Um, even though I wasn't working at the time um but I guess what that taught me is that you know your work doesn't care for you in a sense that you know you can have really good relationships with managers and bosses and they can you know really care and you know you can have those really strong relationships but ultimately that company and there'll be exceptions to this you know some small companies some like you know family-run businesses you know may actually really care and be really supportive um but for a lot of people working for you know these employers with you know more than 20 or 30 staff or you know even smaller is that at the end of the day you're a number you're just a money-making tool for them You, you know you're uh a product or a you know you're something that isn't a person to them in a sense yeah, yeah. um that can be really hurtful that, to realize can't it when you th- feel like you've been loyal to a place um and then you sort of feel a bit silly I guess when it comes down to it and it can leave you a little bit you don't want to be left bitter and jaded by it um do you but yeah it, it can really impact you yeah, I think that's that's the thing is that you and people and it's it's sort of an endemic in itself is that people will throw all of themselves into their job 
and like put so much care and effort and yeah like that's like outside of like hours in terms of people put in you know there's for some reason um salaried sort of staff we've got into the mentality that that means I have to work as many hours as possible and you know working late you can put all of that effort in but when it comes down to it you know you are just that money-making product for them um and so I guess that's the thing is that yeah is that if you are having you know problems at work if you are having stress is I guess it's kind of a twisted logic to say they don't care about you because that that sounds bad, but it can be it can be freeing and calming to realise that yeah. it's just a job because you're it keeping is, out of um, aren't you? Instead of thinking that you have to give all of your energy and then end up with no energy for yourself, and then that's not going to benefit yeah. what you give to the job anyway because you end up so burnt out that you just can't stay consistent with it. Yeah. And nothing is urgent unless you are, no. you know, a world specialist brain surgeon, um, in which case, if you're listening, hi. Yeah. <laughs> but if, if, you're, if you're a world, you know, world class brain surgeon, you're the only person that can do this like life saving operation. That's urgent. Yeah. These emails aren't le- urgent. You know, the deadlines aren't urgent, even though brands and companies and clients especially can really oh, make it yeah. seem like it's the end of the world. Yeah. If you know that campaign doesn't go out until the following day, that's not that's not urgent. What's yeah. urgent is your, your yourself. Um, and so yeah, that you know, for anybody going through any issues and they are sort of work related with stress or money, there are other jobs, there are um, other things. You know, focus on yourself first and just yeah. that 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 second because the sad thing is is that that's what they think about you. They're going to think about their own business needs before they think about your um, well-being and they'll happily make you redundant if they need to. Definitely. Which is a, it's a bad way to get there, but hopefully it can, uh, it, it's well, a different perspective. Yeah, and a good, a good lesson to learn if, if it does happen. And I think after all the restrictions that we've had and people working from home and everything, there are, like you said, there are enough other opportunities out there. Like it might feel like, you'll never work anywhere else. But um, there are enough companies now who know that it makes sense to help em- employees sort of keep a healthy distance between work and social life or personal Definitely. life. And they'll be ready to welcome you, you know. So it's just not worth wasting time anywhere that treats you like crap, basically, or doesn't respect your boundaries anymore because that's just not how it is now. It's it's yeah. even more old-fashioned than it was before. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if anywhere still trying it, but saying that's probably naive because I'm sure there are still companies, a lot of companies that will operate like that. Yeah, I, I mean, I know a lot of companies that even though you know employees have been working absolutely fine from home for a year, it's like no, we we definitely need you back in the office full time, and it's like oh, God. that's not that's not a, a thing anymore. You know, you know no. that people do the work from home. Like, not a thing. Just going to lose people. Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah. if they're acting like people are sort of replaceable like that, then it's they're just not going to get talent, really. They're not going to retain talent. Yeah. But um, what would you say is your coping method when you're having a rubbish day? Um, so I guess one of the good things that I 
used to do and still do and I, I I know I need to do it um but doing it's difficult is writing um I think for me um it, there's very much a love-hate relationship in that I know when I do it I feel great afterwards and I feel great when I'm doing it and it, it it's it occupies your mind it sort of engages you and it focuses you mm-hmm. um Sometimes if you can't do it, then it's it's even more infuriating. So you know, um, but yeah, every writer says this, don't they? It's, it's crazy. <laughs> Everyone thinks the same thing. It's just getting there. It's just thinking about it and getting to the point of starting. Yeah, um, yeah. I, you have to trick yourself. You really have to trick yourself into doing it. But then once yeah. you're doing it, you know, it's great. Um, but in that sense, you do have to put like a time limit on it well that's why I've started doing is you know if I'm sitting down and I'm trying to write and I I can't I don't um pull myself to pieces for it because that's very easy to do at the moment is you know um, with anything in life is you're trying to do it and if you can't you know give it half an hour to an hour and then just say stop um maybe take half an hour break and then come back to it um but otherwise you can just beat yourself up if you if you're really struggling with it um other than that, I guess thing that I like to do is anything um, that engages like my mind and my hands. Mm. Um, I think a lot of people like to say, you know, they watch TV or they watch a film or something. Um, I really struggle because I can very easily just pick up my phone um, and I can just stop paying attention to what's happening on the TV. And then all of a sudden I'm like scrolling through Instagram and I'm doing all these things and I've not paying attention to the show and it's just not um oh, and then you just want to throw your phone out the window don't you it's like what's wrong with me i'm addicted to my phone <laughs> but everyone's addicted to the phone so i think the only solution is putting it in another room like that's why i've started doing a lot more now because that's the only way i won't pick it up because it's just begging you to pick it up when it's there <laughs> yeah I, I um it's like um smoking um i remember sort of back in sort of the early noughties when everybody was giving up smoking it's like oh it's, it's part of it's the habit of your hands like and giving your hands something to do which yeah. is why they give people lollipops or you know they'd like chew on straw and stuff because half of the habit is physical as well as mental yeah yeah and that's what I think the phone is is it's very much it it's that sort of the thumb swipe emotions just sort of ingrained to us that that's what we've got to yeah, do right. we've got to have it in our hands um which is why like I say I prefer to do something with my hands like I don't know, build some lego or you know um do some like coloring in where you can actually engage your brain and your hands yeah um to almost stop your hands going to somewhere else exactly. uh going to the going to your phone so i actually that's, got, that's for me i got the other day online um a little stress toy um like a little ball with like balls inside it because i was thinking the same thing like i'm terrible for like just focusing on one thing like I'm always like trying to multitask so I was like oh I'll have that like at my desk and then I can be playing with that at the same time and it might be quite de-stressing um but then I realized there's this whole market for it like you like um fidget toys remember like the fidget spinners yeah they were huge for a while weren't they yeah I didn't realize they're like really geared towards adults as well who have problems with focusing um but that's probably an affliction that most of us have now who like own a mobile phone because that's what we've been sort of um, conditioned into doing now. It's scary, really. But 
Yeah, if you can find one. Do, yeah. I, I especially struggle when, because um, I think it's, I've either got it like next to me so I can see it or it's in my hand so I know where it is or it's like in my pocket and I can feel it there. And it's almost like when you go out and you, you know you've not got your keys or your wallet or something, but like if it's not somewhere, then it's a, it's a bit of a problem, isn't it? How addicted yeah. we are all to them. But yeah, I think the doing something with your hands and the physical addiction to it as well as the sort of the um the mental addiction to it is quite yeah. good. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely. I agree with that one. Um so what do you think has been your biggest challenge during lockdown? Well, I say lockdown, singular, all of it, all the pandemic. Oh God. Um, I think for me it was, um, so during the first lockdown, I, um, I, I worked from home for the first two weeks. Um, and I, I was alone. My flatmate, um, decided to move in with his girlfriend, right. um, for the, for the sort of the lockdown period. Yeah. Um, as, as most people did. But that just meant that I was by myself. Um, and I think that was tough. But then okay. when I was working from home, is I, I just found that I didn't have anything or sort of like anyone there. There wasn't like um moving around. So for me, I think the the biggest difficulty was working because as soon as I was put on furlough, it was, it was actually a bit of a godsend because I didn't have that um that need and it's like you were saying before the um especially over winter like I don't know how like people coped if they were like on their own and they were working from home and you yeah. know that's the only the only interaction they had was with a, a screen um whilst mm-hmm. also still having the pressures of work mm-hmm. um that been different that'd been really difficult um so yeah I, I think props to anybody who worked all the way through it and um you know didn't have any issues or you know um, actually settled in because that's where I struggled and now sort of going back into the workplace that's been a struggle um, but it's been better because I've sort of come into it where everything's open and you know we can go and speak to people and you can go to a coffee shop and you could sit outside yeah. And, yeah. so it, it's not been as restrictive um, for me but yeah to anybody who did well done <laughs> yeah I mean sort of like the thing that I mean I, I haven't been on my own I, I just kept thinking like I don't know how people are coping with it and I sort of thought to myself like would I have followed all the restrictions if I'd been on my own I, I don't know whether I can say that I would because it's it's a lot for people to put up with it's a lot to expect from people and you know obviously it's just what people had to do for the good of um, people's health and the greater good and all that but it's really, really intense. And like the mental health impact of it is, is a problem as well, which also needed addressing and, and still will do. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it, thank God people are not having to put up with that anymore. Like I know we're yeah. still not quite there, but the world's reopening at least. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I've half joked to my friends that, um, you know, I'm an only child, so I was very much used to being in my own company yeah. and sort of growing up as a as a young boy and sort of a teenager is that you, I just sort of was fine by myself. So that actually meant that my coping mechanisms were sort of fine. I was literally like I was 
sort of 14 during the six weeks holidays at school again like I literally <laughs> woke up at whatever time I wanted played on my Xbox until whatever time I wanted <laughs> and uh yeah it was just sort of like regressing into being a teenager but some people would have struggled a lot more because um, you know people thrive a lot more on those sort of relationships yeah and some people really can't be on their own can they like I do yeah. like my own company as well um I always wonder actually I was an only child for the first seven and a half years of my life so maybe I got used to it as well um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I, I don't live on my own so I, I can't say that I had this same experience at all but um yeah hats off like you're saying to anyone and to you as well thank like, <laughs> you yeah massively and me and you um <laughs> so what's been a surprise positive of lockdown for you um so i guess the um the lack of pressure um i think like i said once i um was put onto furlough i didn't have any work pressures um there was a bit of panic at first because obviously my wage was going down to um, 80%. Um, luckily, I was salaried, so that wasn't um, too much of an issue. Um, so once I sort of got my head around, you know, budgeting a little bit more tighter, yeah. um, but then actually not having to go out. So actually it, it was sort of net net the same. Um, yeah. But yeah, not having the work pressures, not having the social pressures, mm-hmm. not, you know, having to go somewhere, having to be somewhere having to look a certain way when you go to the, like you literally you couldn't think that you had a bad hair day because you literally couldn't go and get a, a haircut so you yeah. those pressures go and you know that nobody's going to see you with like bad hair or anything like that is that yeah. every single pressure in society that society has and puts and um sort of forces you to do goes away um and for me that was really really calming um and I was able to almost take a, a sort of, it was there's some sort of like solace in the um in without having those pressures and just being able to get on with your life um obviously it wasn't as simple as that because there was the fact that you know you couldn't just go to the shop so you couldn't do those sorts yeah. of things as well so there's downsides but um I think that was really good for me because it's like you, you mentioned earlier that I used to um with my writing sit down and write like seven to nine or eight till um, 10 every night and yeah. I my life was really really structured so I would wake up in the morning I'd try and go to the pool to swim or something I'd go to work work nine till five get home um cook my tea tidy up my tea maybe do some chores work um, do some writing for two hours then I, literally by the time I sat down it'd be half nine ten two hours of tv into bed and then you know you're doing the same and they were like a lot of pressures that I had for myself and I was very, very productive and it worked. Um, But going into lockdown and having all those pressures lifted and not having to do that stuff um, was nice because it made me reposition and go, Oh, maybe I was just working myself a little bit too hard Uh, because I definitely was. And so many people do whether, you know, yeah, whether they have um, extracurricular activities or, you know, working in the gym or, you know, working gym, diet, treat things, food, everything like that is it's a 12 month. I mean, it's still ongoing now, but that sort of initial 12 month period was allow, allow me to think, yeah, just calm down, 
don't worry you know maybe you know if you don't want to do something say no to it don't worry about work too much you know just chill out a little bit yeah that's the main takeaway yeah just completely like give yourself a break and um when you when you do have so much going on you you need definitely some element of routine to keep it sort of ordered but um it's like when you have like personal passion projects like that then you can start to it can start to mount up a bit can't it and then I think you can trick yourself into thinking well I can do that so I'll put this on my plate as well then I can also do this and it you just can end up really exhausted yeah yeah I I definitely did that because I was writing and then I was like oh I can uh, there was a um a theatre criticism scheme so I went on that and then I started reviewing plays and then that was like another evening out and I had one less evening a week and then yeah it's just I think and I I justified it and I still justify it is the fact that the my sort of enjoyment and sort of like fulfillment in life very much comes from that writing side of it yeah um and I sort of like work for money and I sort of I obviously like when I enjoy a job, I can sort of get myself into it and that's fine. But if one of them had to go, I would say it was the work side of it that had to go, but that's yeah. the side that I can't get rid of because of money. <laughs> yeah, um, so exactly. then you, you just do all of it. Um, which is, yeah, lockdown reconditions you to think, actually just think about yourself first. And I guess that goes back to what I was saying about work is, you know, they don't worry about you, you know, think about yourself and your well-being before. Um committing to burnout definitely you can just really start increasing your expectations of yourself and I think also there's definitely you need those passions there it's great that you can carve time into your life for it but then there is a danger of it just um like I got really back into drawing and painting and the lockdown so then I, I was I was still Amazing. in the mindset of I was thinking well why haven't I been trying to sell them do you know what I mean? Like this could be another thing that I try and do. And then just thinking about it recently, I was like, but then I wouldn't enjoy it anymore. Like, why am I trying to sort of commodify everything? Like, I don't have to be productive about every little thing. Something can just be for the enjoyment. And there's a, a massive relief in that as well. Like, why am I doing yeah. it? How is it going to serve me? Yeah, that's a, that's another thing because I was um and I think I did it even more in lockdown applying to writing opportunities um literally left right and center um I didn't have anything else to do so the only thing that I was doing is just sending them all out and the thing is with those is they're all just um they're lotteries and you know it's not a um it it doesn't show your value or your worth you know it's not about your talent or anything like that is two people can have sort of varying differences but when all the rejections start rolling in you, know, you feel absolutely awful um yeah, so yeah I, I literally now don't well I mean I, I still apply to one or two um opportunities um but I really sort of screen them as to what I'm doing because like you say if you're trying to make money out of something or you're trying to commodify it you lose all the enjoyment and yeah. you sort of you then you've got the negative side of of it as well um just another pressure so if you've got anything like that just just do it for yourself yeah and I I sort of kept thinking this way about like acting um I mean once you have a break from something or you're not able to do it it can definitely renew your passion for something like I've been thinking increasingly like I need to do it I need to do it 
get back into it properly. I need to update my headshots. I need to get a show wheel. I need to start applying things again. I have a set day every week where I apply things. So started doing that in small steps, but it's not pressuring yourself to do it all at once. And also thinking even stupid things like, well, I've got a year older now. So what if I can't be successful because I'm older than I was and I'm, I'm not going to get the roles. And it's just like, oh my God, like I'm always going to love it. I'm always going to get enjoyment from it. Like I made a couple of self-tapes during lockdown and I think they were like some of the best days that I had in lockdown. And I just did that just for myself. I wasn't applying to anything. One of them actually was like a monologue. Um, I forgot what it was called, Manchester Minutes monologues or something. And you had like 24 hours to do it. But that was just fun, really. It wasn't for anyone to win anything or get any kind of job or anything like that. Um, yeah. That was sort of working with new local writers as well. So that was like a really nice thing to be a part of because there's such a good community, obviously, in Manchester, in the art scene. And the Definitely. So, yeah, it's sort of realising how much you want to devote your energy to it and why you want to devote your energy to it and um, just taking it sort of step by step as we're going back into real life as well and not trying to do everything all at once now just because everything's reopened and that goes for everything as well like socializing yeah you know um you can have like a list of people that you need to catch up with and you start feeling the pressure again and then it's like well no because I learned over lockdown that I need to sort of pick and choose how much energy I expend and um how many boundaries I keep up and that kind of thing so yeah, yeah, because I look through my calendar and it's like the weekends are just sort of like getting full. Full, But yeah. you need to remember that, you know, you need to take that time for yourself as well and yeah, not not just keep doing all those bits and pieces, but no. just, yeah, balance. It's all about balance. Definitely, yeah, balance. That's, that's the word that keeps coming up. That's definitely right. Um, and what's one thing you wish someone would do when you're having a bad day? um aside from probably stay away <laughs> um, yeah. because yeah I think sometimes I, I mean it goes back to what I was talking about before like as an only child my sort of coping me- mechanisms I guess I sort of put in place as a child was to was very insular and you know myself um yeah so I think I sometimes just need that time by myself mm-hmm. um other than that I guess buy me a takeaway or like cook me food (laughs) like if you can take one stress away and you know I mean the other stresses I guess would be you know doing my washing or like doing like clean my flat for me or something like that but they're they're sort of like really cheeky things that I probably wouldn't expect anybody to do but (laughs) well it would definitely um, help (laughs) it would really help that's the thing um just that (laughs) yeah please um yeah just um yeah, buy me a takeaway or cook me some food or something just to get rid of that one stress of eating that evening yeah um, yeah one would less be thing, absolutely one. great yeah. yeah that's a good one um and what's the best thing you ever did for yourself do you think um it's difficult because so I'd say the best thing that I ever did was um, so in December, well, November 2019, I sort of decided that um, working full time, sort of five days a week, um, wasn't 
the, the best thing for me um, that, you know, I really wanted to pursue my um, writing more. Um, and I was sort of, I was essentially chasing. Um, so it was weird. I had sort of two different lives. I sort of had my accidental career, as I like to call it. And then I had like my writing and theatre and things like that. Yeah. And I found that my accidental career was sort of, would always just occasionally sort of run away with itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'd be, like looking at jobs and oh, that's a really exciting job and that's got more money and you know that's uh, all of these opportunities and then I'd be sort of going up and moving up the ladder and accepting jobs for more money um and I sort of decided that that wasn't fulfilling for me and it was it was mm-hmm. definitely the writing that um was fulfilling for me so I decided that um I was going to go back to uni to do a master's in script writing oh nice um I decided that I was going to go down to four days a week and it was really I was really really lucky actually because um my old employer got back in touch and said we'd love to have you back and I was sort of able to um to strong arm them to say I'll come back but four days a week uh, which would give me time to do writing and it'd give me time to do that um it meant taking like a 30 percent pay cut sort of thing um and that was really really scary um taking the pay cut taking sort of the responsibility cut as well um but I I I did it um you know I went and I cut my salary by 30 percent um and that was really empowering and I I really really enjoyed doing that and then coming through um and then the uh the apocalypse happened yeah (laughs) um which then meant that even um, though I knew that part of the story was coming I was still like oh (laughs) (laughs) that's what I mean like it's 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 good and I at least now I know that when the opportunity arises me for me again to potentially take take a take a pay cut go down to four days a week is that you know it's the it's definitely the right thing to do Um, but yeah the apocalypse apocalypse happened I um you know you need sort of went I'm sorry, I paused that for a year. Um, I obviously ended up losing the job. <laughs> it was four days a week, going back to yeah. five days a week. Um, hopefully I'll be able to pick up the Masters in um, in September again. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, that's good. Hopefully. I mean, I'm, I don't know if I'll have the time, and that's the, the balance thing again. Um, yeah. But, but, yeah, I think sometimes, you know, and I guess I think that's probably been the theme of, of this podcast today and talking to you is, you know, work isn't the be-all and end-all. you know that money stress with work you know that's not the big thing you know working your way up the ladder isn't the important thing it's it's trying to do something for yourself to make yourself happy and sort of almost taking control and when I took control and I did that is it was so empowering and so good that um I'd, I'd do it again which was the frustrating thing about like I I didn't have any attachments to the job as such when I was being made redundant but I had attachments to the things around it and what it meant. Yeah, the plan that you had and all that. Yeah, but there'll be there'll be more opportunities. And, oh, definitely. You know, next time there'll be there'll be easier. Um, it'll be an easier decision to make. Because yeah, yeah, because you've already, I've already done it once. Made, yeah, made that decision and gone for it, and you know that it can happen. Yeah, it's so hard, isn't it, when you have something that you know isn't going to get you, like the money basically you know it's that eternal yeah sort of internal battle of I'm an artist but 
you know, my craft, <laughs> my craft is not going to pay the bills. And then, like you say, it's the duality of having this other life where if you're in a job, then you want to be good at it. So you keep chasing that and then growing. But then it's like, well, the more you have, the more you'll spend. So you, yeah. people probably don't realize they probably can manage on less that they have and Definitely. get happiness from pursuing a passion instead of just buying more stuff. And I know that's really easy for me to say, you know, people have families to support as well. It's not that simple, but yeah, that's just sort of the world that we that we live in, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. It's really hard, but yeah, good on you for doing that. That's brilliant. And I definitely believe that you'll go back to it. <laughs> Fingers crossed, yeah. Yeah. Um, and what's one thing you'd want to tell the younger Lewis? Um, yeah, um, nothing like too out there or like too, um, inspiring, I guess. Um, again, I think it's that, that no, but I think it's that, um, the male thing that we were talking about before is that, you know, it's not anything sort of like wishy-washy or therapeutic or anything, but literally just keep going. I think that's the thing is just, you know. Yeah. just keep going because I think a lot of sort of childhood worries and sort of being in school was like GCSEs and A-levels and stress and things it's like I don't want to do them and I can't do them I'm doing all this it's like just keep going just you know it's not the end of the world or anything just keep going yeah yeah when you're young and you have everything ahead of you I guess it can it depends what kind of child you are I guess but if you're a worrying child and you have all that coming up and it's like oh my god how am I going to do all that how am I going to be an adult and then if you knew back then you'd still be thinking that now then you just think well (laughs) yeah it's getting better (laughs) it's mad how schools and schools are awful um how they sort of like instill into you that like everything you do is going to really affect you for like the rest of your life like you know like you're the options that you take in year eight like you're literally yeah, 13 14 that. and you're just like yeah these options they're gonna like they're gonna define the rest of your life because <laughs> that's what GCSE should do and that's what a level should do so that's what you then go and do and oh it's such crap but it is and then it's like it's GC- no these bad. it's gonna define your entire life these GCSEs and it's like just stop just <laughs> it yeah. doesn't just it yeah just keep going time, I think yeah, definitely a good rule of thumb for life um always just you know people probably don't do that enough you you build up worries and you think what implications is it going to have and then what's going to happen and then what's going to happen and then what's going to happen but you have to take it one step at a time and just do what feels right at yeah. the time I mean you know only you know that no one else knows that teachers bosses family or whoever else yeah um okay so last one what your go-to songs that always lift your day or you love to listen to um so I have one I did think about a couple um but I I settled on one um and it's um (laughs) it's um Jamie XX good times oh nice (laughs) yeah it's just yeah I mean, it's obviously like we're going to have good times, which is great in a way, but it's just sort of a really uplifting and joyful tune as well. Yeah, it makes me think of sunshine and carefree days. And yeah, I've, I've yeah. not listened to him for ages. I'm going to whack that on the playlist. 
Thank you very <laughs> sure. much. No well, problem. thanks for coming on. I really enjoyed chatting to you, catching up. Thank, thank you for having me. No problem. And uh, I hope everything goes well with the plan, but keep in touch anyway. <laughs> Cheers, will do. Thank and hopefully you. I'll see you around on the theatre scene as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. With, is it Hong, Hong Theatre that you're involved with? Yeah, yeah. So um, that is, I was part of the Royal Exchange Young Company um, a couple of years ago. Okay. Um, and so set up a third company out of that. So um, right. I do a lot of writing and organising and bits and pieces for them. Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, brilliant. Really well, cool. I'll keep an eye on what you're doing then. Thank and, you. Uh, no, you too. My updated showreel over to you at some point. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> cool. Okay, well, enjoy the rest of your evening, Lewis. Thank you very much. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. So there you go. That was Lewis. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I really enjoyed chatting to him and he had some really good stuff to say, I thought. So I hope it's helped to you and I hope you have a good fortnight. I'm in self-isolation for another few days. So quite a lot of good going on holiday to Greenless Country did me anyway seemingly come into contact with someone who must have had covid on the flight home but anyway we do what we have to do listen out for next fortnight's episode because we've got another guy on the podcast so we're on a roll it seems at the moment but there's only two episodes left in the first series after this so we're getting very close to the end thank you for listening again and speak to you soon